This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It is Friday, March the 31st, 2023. It's supposed to be spring. Here in Cleveland, where I am, in the town of Rocky River, just west of the city of Cleveland, uh, it is not spring. It is raining. It is disgusting. Hopefully where you are, wherever you may be, in Cleveland or anywhere else around the world. Well, in Cleveland, it's going to be the same crappy weather I have because you live right near me. But anywhere else, hopefully you're having a better day. A hopefully better weather day is ahead. The baseball season has started. The NFL season has not, but the draft is right around the corner. And the NBA playoffs are, too, plus the Final Four in the NCAA tournament. I'll give you my picks for the uh, semifinal, national semifinal games. That's all coming up again, Friday, March 31st, 934 in the morning, and a lot to get to on this Friday edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. Let's go. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Happy second day of the Major League Baseball season, everybody. You'd never know it because there's only five games on the schedule. Listen, I understand that in Major League Baseball, they have to be careful, and a lot of teams have to have a day off between game one and game two because of you don't want to get that. You you have to be able to make opening day, especially for the smaller market teams that don't sell out every game, uh, you have to be able to make up that second game or the first game. If it gets rained out, you need that buffer day. But here's what I don't understand. Why not do a better job of getting um, getting teams in better weather cities or indoor stadiums earlier in the season? Yesterday, we had all 15 teams, all 15 games, all 30 teams play. Today, we only have five games on the schedule, and three of the five start at 940 Eastern or later. So if you're a big baseball fan, yeah, baseball can't get out of its own way. I love it. They do such a bad job with TV. There were uh, tons of, of Guardians fans complaining yesterday. They couldn't watch the game. You, If you have – so the, the Guardians games are on Bally Sports Cleveland or Bar- Bally Sports Great Lakes, whatever it's called. And if you have the app, you can't watch it on the app because of blackouts. If you have YouTube TV, they don't have Bally Sports. If you have a Dish Network, they don't have – I mean, like, baseball, fix the problem already. You've lost audience with old people. You don't want to lose the young people. You want to bring in young people, and we'll get to the rule changes that I thought were highly effective yesterday. But if you don't want to lose young people, get give everybody the ability to watch the game. Figure the freaking thing out. Drives me crazy that you can't watch. Now, I can watch them because I have direct TV, but not everybody can afford all these different cable things. And having I had a guy tweeted me yesterday, he said, Hey, I you know, I had to get rid of my cable. I couldn't afford it. Can we make it accessible? Not everybody's got money. 
Some people are living paycheck to paycheck. Find a way to make these games accessible to fans. For crying out loud. All right, that's enough complaining about baseball. Now all the good things. It was a great opening day. I uh, wish there were more games today. Don't understand, like, for example, why the te- why are the Texas Ra- why are the Phillies and Rangers not playing today? The games in Texas, like they don't get bad weather very often in Texas, especially at this at this point in the year. Like the weather's good there. Why are we not playing? But all right, I said I was going to stop complaining. What I loved about yesterday, and I listen, I talked to a couple of old school guys. Like I always considered myself an old school baseball guy. And I and and yet I love all the new rules. I talked to a couple of old baseball guys who are being very curmudgeonly about the new rules. We saw a couple of automatic balls, an automatic strike in that Mets game yesterday. I thought that was a little crazy. They got to clean that up. We saw a pitcher, uh, James Karinchek in Seattle for the Guardians, completely implode after he had an automatic ball called on him for the for the pitch clock running out. I thought this the, the if you didn't watch that game, so I stayed up late to watch the the Guardians and the Mariners because the Guardians are the local team I cover. I root for them. Uh, I like seeing them do well. And in the eighth inning of that game, James Karinchek, the Guardian setup man, on the mound. He's 0-2 on the first hitter, 0-0 game, and he gets called for an for running out the clock, automatic ball, and the crowd went ape shit. You would have thought it was a playoff game at that moment. I'm telling you, 0-0 opening day and an an automatic ball called. Not a walk, not a home run, not a playoff game. Opening day, eighth inning, 0-0 and an automatic ball called to make it a 1-2 count and the crowd in Seattle reacted as if somebody hit a walk-off home run in the World Series. If you don't believe me, I don't know. Find access to the game somehow. I just said baseball makes it impossible. But I'm telling you, the crowd was going nuts. This rule has already created some excitement and, and anxiety. It, it, the games are moving faster. We saw nine of the 15 games yesterday were two hours, 42 minutes or less. And I want to say six of the 15 were under two and a half hours. Like You almost never, in the past, in the past bunch of years, you'd almost never have a, have any games under two and a half hours. And there was, I believe six of the 15 games were under two and a half hours. The Guardians Mariners was 214. I think the Tigers game against the Rays was like 205. The the Yankees usually play four hour games. I'm in the car listening to Susan Wallman. And hello, Susan. I'm John Sterling. And uh, that's not a great John Sterling impression, but whatever. I'm listening to the Yankees and the Giants on the radio. I'm driving home from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This game's just flying by, flying by. Yankees, again, the truth test will be when the Yankees play the Red Sox. Now, a couple of games did go over three hours, but they were high, really high-scoring games, so you got a lot of excitement. Baltimore-Boston was 10-9. Uh, Texas-Philly was 11-7. Uh, Toronto and the Cardinals was 10-9, so you had some real high-scoring games. But for the most part, the games just moved. I was watching the the Cubs-Brewers game in the afternoon. That game, I think, was 220 or 225, something like that. 
So I love it. I love the pitch clock. I love the limitations on throwing the first base. I love the limitations on timeouts. I love the banning of the shift. I love the bigger bases. We'll see, we'll, we'll see more stolen bases, I bet. There was a lot of excitement on opening day. That's why I want to see more baseball today, and I want to watch day games. Day games. There should have been day games. It's the second freaking day of the season. There better be a day game on Saturday. I'm going to be so ticked if there's not. All right, there are. There's, uh, there's actually a bunch of them. Good. At least they didn't screw that up. But, uh, man, what a great start to the season. Uh, Karen Check, as I was saying with the Guardians, he completely imploded, ended up giving up a three-run homer. By the way, there was a bad uh, a 3-2 pitch on that first batter. Uh, we had a, a, a walk called on the next pitch. It was a foul tip. It was clearly a foul tip. The umpires blew it. I don't know why that can't be replayed. Baseball, you're doing a lot of good things here. Outside of making it easier for people to watch, you're hitting a home run. You got to fix this. You you have to be able. We have replay. All right? We have to be able to get the obvious mistakes wrong. That's the key to replay. I don't want to look at a replay for five minutes, moving the, 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 the video back and forth. If it's that close, move it. Keep it moving. But this was an obvious foul ball. Who knows what would have happened, but you know, contributed to the the Guardians giving up the three-run homer to Ty France in that situation. Bad news for the Braves. Uh, well, they did win their opening day game, but their ace, Max Fried, coming off a magnificent season, left the game with an injury. That is obviously not good. Uh, he, missed his, he injured his hamstring. Uh, hamstring discomfort on a play when he ran over to co- cover first base. And uh, he's going to miss at least one start. But you think, I mean, they're not going to rush him back. He's their ace. So tough break for Max Freed to start the season. I would assume he'll miss, you know, a few weeks. We'll see. Patrick Corbin did did not uh, pitch great in that first game, and he has struggled since the beginning of last year. But, you know, Washington's a pretty bad team. Mentioned the Cubs and Brewers. Nice performance by uh, a good friend of the program, Marcus Stroman, who pitched uh, six Shutout innings, had gotten in trouble once, but got a double play to get out of it. The interesting thing about the Cubs, and I mentioned that I like the Cubs to finish second ahead of the Brewers. A couple of interesting things for this game. Number one, while the Cubs have a lot of flaws as a team, one thing they are going to be very good at is up-the-middle defense. They've got two really good defensive catchers in <laughs> in, uh, in uh, what do you call it? Uh, Jan Gomes and uh, Tucker Barnhart. And then they up the middle, you got Nico Horner, who's really a shortstop playing second. Dansby Swanson, who they signed in the offseason. And then Cody Bellinger, we'll see if he can ever hit again, but he's very good defensively. So they are loaded up the middle defensively. Uh, and so that's going to be, that'll help him win some games. Corbin Burns, a lot of people like him as the Cy Young of the National League. He, he I, I mentioned this, I was concerned about him this year. He was pissed off at the team because of the arbitration. How he lost his arbitration, I have no idea. The guy's been one of the best pitchers in baseball the last couple of years. But he was pissed off at the team. He had a bad spring training. And normally I ignore spring training, but he didn't look like himself in spring training. Throw that in with the him being ticked off at the team. And I, I you know, and, and listen, it's one start, but he did not look like himself. I mean, this guy usually dominates, especially against the Cubs, because I've seen him pitch against the Cubs a bunch of times. And he did not look good. He was not missing bats. So I thought that was interesting there. Uh, as for the Yankees, I mentioned them briefly. 
Uh, great performance by Garrett Cole. I mean, how about Aaron Judge? Are you kidding me? His first at bat of the year, he hits a home run. That's just, I mean, the guy's a machine. Uh, but And Garrett Cole, as I said, pitched great. Six innings, five base runners, 11 Ks. Logan Webb of the Giants gave him four runs. He did have 12 strikeouts. Just the third time in the history of baseball that both starting pitchers in an opening day game um, struck out double digits. So, and the Yankee bullpen did a, did a really good job. Uh, Peralta, Losaiga, Loisaga, excuse me, not Losaiga, and Marinaccio all did a good job out of the pen. Anthony Volpe, the crowd was going bananas. It's the hometown kid who's like, I'm all shucks. I'm happy to be here. He's so excited to be a Yankee. It's pretty cool. Uh, he did reach base for the first time, stole his first major league base. He walked and stole the base. Gliber Torres hit a home run in addition to Aaron Judge for the Yankees in that one. So nice win, quick game for the Yankees, five to nothing. Uh, the Baltimore-Boston game was was exciting, as I mentioned, 10-9. Adley Rushman, one of the best prospects in baseball, uh, the catcher for the Orioles, I think he DH'd yesterday. Um, he uh, and he played last year, and he was really good, right? I finished. I think he finished second or third. I think he was second for rookie of the year. Uh, so he's not a rookie anymore, but still a young player. Went five for five on the opener. Uh, Rays got a good pitching performance by Shane McClanahan as they beat the Tigers four nothing. Wild game between Philly and Texas. This was really weird. You had I mentioned. Um, well, I, I'll get in some struggling before. Like Aaron Nolan, the Phillies had a 5 nothing lead in the bottom of the fourth. Jacob DeGrom got lit up in his first start with the Rangers. He gets, so that's a, a one great pitcher. I mentioned briefly that I'll get to the game more, but my guy I picked to win the AL Cy Young, I think I said this off the air, Alec Manoa got blown up. But I'll get to that in a minute. But Jacob DeGrom got just destroyed. And But Aaron Nola was cruising. He was up 5 nothing in the bottom of the fourth. And you're thinking, okay, the Phillies are going to win this game going away and because he had pitched well the first few innings. And he just completely fell apart in that fourth inning. Ba- he gave a single, got did get one out, then a single walk, so bases loaded, and he gave up a, a two-run double and then a three-run homer to Robbie Grossman. And all of a sudden, it's 5-5, you blink, and, and that's it. And Aaron Nola's out of the game. So, and listen, I had three guys going for my fantasy team on opening day. They all got pummeled. I had Nola, I had Manoa, and I had Blake Snell. I guess he didn't get pummeled, but he didn't pitch well. Thankfully, I got a win by one of the guys out of my bullpen. But uh, um, in that game, uh, so neither starter pitched well. But uh, the bullpen... Jose LeClerc got the first save opportunity for the Rangers. It was interesting that Andres Munoz got the save opportunity for the Mariners over Paul Seawald to pitch the eighth inning. Munoz throws is nasty. He throws 100 miles an hour. Very impressive. Uh, Twins blanked the Royals 2-0. Not much to say about that game. Royals had two hits. Uh, Pablo uh, Lopez making his first start for the Twins. Coming over in a trade from the Marlins, pitch pitch really well, five and but only five and a third, five base runners, eight strikeouts, and they're close. You know they traded for Jorge Lopez from the Orioles last year, and but he's not their closer. It's John John Duran, um, 
as a young pitcher came up for the Oriole, uh, for the Twins last year. Really good, good arm. If you get a chance to watch him, and he got their first save of the year. Uh, Mets beat the Marlins five three in that game. You had the weird situation where Jeff McNeil gets called an automatic strike because Pete Alonso didn't get back the first quick enough. The Mets were pissed off about that, but you know it's all good. Uh, Mets had a three zero lead. They blew it in the um, in the sixth inning. Uh, Max Scherzer had been pitching well until the sixth, and they gave the three runs in the sixth. Uh, Alcantara won the Cy Young last year, gets off to a bad start. Uh, allowed seven base runners, three runs in five and two-thirds. But the Mets pen did a good job. Uh, and and David Robertson got the first opportunity to close, struck out two in a, in a perfect ninth inning after the Mets regained the lead in the seventh. So there you go. Um, Starling Marte, who, who I really like him this year. At his first stolen base of the year in that one. Uh, Pirates beat the Reds 5-4 in a battle of two of the worst teams in the National League. Uh, Mitch Keller has been a prospect for a while for Pittsburgh. Did not pitch well. Hunter Green, a lot of people are expecting big things from this year. Started for the Reds. He did not pitch well. An interesting guy, trade deadline time, in terms of if you're the Mets or another team that might be looking for a closer. This guy, David Bednar from Pittsburgh, has been really good. Um, He was originally with the Padres, but uh, last year with the Pirates, he had 19 saves uh, and a 261 ERA. He's, I mean, he's been great since going. He he struggled early in his career, few innings with the Padres in 19 and 20. But since 2021 with the Pirates, he has been phenomenal. Um, and so he'll be a guy that, you know, now they have control of him for a while, so it'll take a lot to get him, but he'd be an interesting guy for the Mets potentially or another team looking for a closer or even at the very least a good setup man at, <clears throat> at the deadline. Uh, Blue Jays beat the Cardinals 10-9. I mentioned before Alec Manoa getting just crushed in this one. My Cy Young pick. I'm not giving up after one start. I don't do those nonsense things that people overreact. Miles Michaelis also did not pitch well uh, for the Cardinals. Blue Jays used eight pitchers in the opener, but eventually they came back and won the game. Uh, Ryan Heisey, the Cardinals closer, blows it in the ninth. And uh, keep an eye on that situation. You know, like closers that are not proven, like Heisey, who's only done it for one year, they got Giovanni Gallegos there. They got Genesis Cabrera, who they actually sent to the minors, who has a good arm, too. Uh, Jordan Romano got a save for Toronto. Uh, the Blue Jays, believe it or not, didn't, didn't have any home runs. Tyler O'Neill, who's an off-the-board MVP pick by me, hit a home run for St. Louis. But the Blue Jays, with 10 runs, 19 hits, and they only had three extra base hits, 16 singles, and three doubles. For the Blue Jays in this game, so a lot of they piled together a lot of a lot of big hits. White Sox beat the Astros three two. Um, for the White Sox, Dylan Cease was cooking. We gave up one run, but struck out ten and six and a third. Uh, the White Sox closing situation: Ronaldo Lopez, who was like a failed starter, he came over in one of the trade. I can't remember what trade it was, but they got him in a trade when they were. You know, a number of years ago when they were kind of blowing things up and starting over, and he's been a basically a bust as a starter, but they did give up a run in this game, but he got an opportunity to close. I, I you know, they they're with Liam Hendricks having non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I don't know if he's gonna pitch this year. Um, 
but he he got the opportunity there. So it was a weird game because it was it was scoreless going in the seventh, and then it was one one going to the ninth, and then the White Sox scored two off Ryan Presley in the top of the ninth, and then the Astros got one back, but wasn't enough. Yasmani Grandal hit the home run in the eighth inning for the White Sox in that one. Uh, Rockies beat the Padres 7-2. Herman Marquez pitched well. C.J. Crone hit two homers. Coming off a big year uh, on the road. Blake Snell, I thought they pulled him too early. The second they pulled him a home run and made him made his line look worse. The A's, who I was talking about Wednesday, is the worst one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. Well, they still have one of the worst rosters they've ever seen, but congratulations. They'll at least be over 500 for one day. They were being shut out by Shohei Otani, who had 10 strikeouts and gave up only two hits. But in the in the um in the bottom of the eighth with the Angels up one nothing, the A's managed to score two off Aaron Loop on RBIs by Tony Kemp and Aledmus Diaz. I mean, I can't believe those are your one and three hitters. It's hideous, but it was good enough. They found a way to win. The A's get their first victory. And uh if you're a fantasy player, in that one, they gave the save opportunity to Danny Jimenez, who did get some saves for them last year. And also late last night, Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 8-2. to Julio Urias, who I picked as my uh, surprise uh, Cy Young candidate in the National League, uh, had a good start. He went six innings, two runs, six strikeouts. Zach Gallen, who's a nice young pitcher on Arizona, struggled in his first outing. And uh, James Outman, who's a guy a lot of people got their eye on, could eventually become a full-time player for the Dodgers. Uh, went two for three, including a home run. So there you go. Uh, pitching matchups for today. Guardians, Mariners uh, at uh, 10. I'll uh, start in, in time order. Mets, Marlins, 640. David Peterson and, and Jesus Lazardo. Uh, White Sox, Astros. Lance Lynn, Christian Javier. That game at 810. 940 Eastern, Rockies, Padres. Kyle Freeland, Nick Martinez. 10-10 Guardians, Mariners, Hunter Gaddis, Robbie Ray, and 10-10 Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Merrill Kelly, and Dustin May. Uh, was going on my, um, went on my Bet Rivers app, of course, before to look at the lines. And uh, my my game, I'm, I'm kind of picking. I, I kind of like, I like the Mets today. Um, that last, I think they were minus 115 or, I, I of course, like an idiot didn't write it down, but. And the uh, I kind of like the Rockies over the Padres with Kyle Freeland. They're plus 190. So a little upset special there for you on the Rockies. All right, take a break. Uh, I'm going to switch gears and get into some hoops, both the NBA and uh, the NCAA tournament. That's coming up next right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. It's the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. And let's talk some uh, NBA. The regular season, thankfully, is almost over. Uh, you got about, what do we got, about two weeks left, I think, a little less than two weeks left in the regular season. Uh, Boston just beat the crap out of Milwaukee by 40 points last night. However, the Celtics, now, so the Celtics have the tiebreaker for the number one seed. Celtics are two games back of Milwaukee. Uh, Celtics have five games. Both teams have five games left. So the Celtics would have to go five and zero essentially and hope Milwaukee loses two. But if they do finish tied, the Celtics will have the tiebreaker. The Sixers are probably going to be the three. The Cavaliers, who need two wins 
to have their first 50 win season without LeBron in almost 30 years. Um, they're they're going to be the five. Excuse me, the four. The Knicks are going to probably be the five, followed by the Nets. Uh, I guess there's a battle for that last play-in spot between Chicago and Washington, but I'd be surprised if neither team's playing particularly well. But I, I don't think Washington's going to make up two games in just a few games. It's unlikely. Out west, Denver is going to be the one seed. Memphis two, Sacramento three. Uh, beyond that, it's a big toss-up from Phoenix at four through Dallas at at eleven, or even even Utah at twelve. There's only a five-game difference now. At this point, I guess that's a pretty big deal. But the Suns are only a game up in the lost column on the Clippers for the for that four or five seed home field advantage. Golden State now in the six. They're one game back of the Clippers in the lost column. The Pelicans, the T Wolves, and the Lakers are seven, eight, nine, all just one game back in the lost column of Golden State for that final non play in spot. And then Oklahoma City's one game back of New Orleans, Minnesota, and the Lakers in the lost column and Dallas and Utah are one game back of Oklahoma city for that last play in spot. So there's a lot to still be determined there. Um, interesting game tonight, Knicks and Cavs, two young up and coming teams with a lot of potential in the next few years. Plus the whole Donovan Mitchell thing hanging over it. They're going to probably play in the first round of the playoffs. Do the Knicks go into Cleveland tonight um, and send a message? Can you send a message at this point in the regular season? I don't know. Um, so we shall see. So that's what's going on in the NBA. As for the NCAA tournament, uh, let's start with the uh, with the men's tournament tonight. You've got uh, well, not tonight, tomorrow, of course. Uh, the final four: Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Um, San Diego State was. Um, it, it's really remarkable that you're going to have for the first time since. Butler went back to back years. Butler's now in the Big East, but at the time, they were um, not in the Big East. Obviously, they were in. Uh, I can't remember what, what conference they were in, but they uh, they were the last mid major to make the NCAA tournament. And now you have um, a two. There's going to be a mid major in the in the in the championship game because Florida Atlantic and San Diego State are both mid-majors. So, uh, let's see. Final four. Here we go. Here's the latest lines on BetRivers.com. Here in Ohio, at least, OhioBetRivers.com. But everywhere, if you go to BetRivers.com. San Diego State is minus two over Florida Atlantic. Minus two, minus 114. The over-under is 131 in this one. Uh, I... I like the under, and I like San Diego State. I like the better defensive team. Uh, I've seen some places it's gone up to three, but Bet Rivers, we still have it at two. So if you like San Diego State like I do, you might want to take it at two in case it does go up. Because um, these game, this games you expected to be close. But I, San Diego State is an older team. Like, they got guys that are, like, in their mid-20s. Because of COVID, guys got extra years. And that's why some of these smaller schools have made a name for themselves here. San Diego State, physical, uh, big team, very athletic, veteran team, play great defense. I'm taking San Diego State to um, go to the national championship game. Uh, my UConn, the only true blue blood left in the tourney playing against Miami. Uh, we've got it at Bet Rivers at minus five and a half. The, un- the over-under is 149. I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm taking UConn minus five and a half 
And I'm taking the over in this one. I think this will be a higher scoring game. I'll take over 149. So there you go. Those are the picks in um, the men's tournament. So I think we're going to have a UConn-San Diego State final. Uh, that's tomorrow, the semifinals. In the women's tournament, uh, you have the semifinals tonight, LSU and Virginia Tech. And South Carolina's a massive favorite, 11 points over Iowa, even though Iowa's got the player of the year. Uh, and Caitlin Clark. So should be good games. Uh, one versus two, one versus three. LSU, Virginia Tech, basically a pick em. I don't know enough about women's basketball, to be honest, to make the picks, but I just wanted to mention it. They deserve their due. And um, I think Caitlin Clark, the best player in the country, or one of the best players, she won player of the year, against the South Carolina team that is just a juggernaut. I They they beat my one of my colleagues, Brad Sellers. His daughter plays for Maryland. They're a really good team. And South Carolina ran roughshod over them. They're thirty six and zero. I, I doubt anybody's going to beat them, but we'll see. If I mean, I was really good, but I, I, I don't know whether to pick them with the spread or not because I don't want to steer you wrong. I don't know enough, but but I can't imagine anybody is going to beat South Carolina. Um, one final thing to wrap things up here. Uh, on football, actually, two things on football. Uh, the whole Lamar Jackson situation is getting more and more bizarre with all these teams saying they're not interested. Uh, the Jets basically said, yeah, we're just, we've already made a deal for Aaron Rodgers with him. We just got to get the deal. The Pat, you know, the interesting thing is the Packers, I think, have lost their leverage if they had any. Uh, the Packers need to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. That relationship is broken. He's not going to play there. I know the Jets need a quarterback, but if the Packers messed with them too much, in theory, they could chase after Lamar Jackson. That option remains out there. Now, if they offered him a contract, the Ravens could match it, but you never know. Like you could put a poison pill or some something in there. I don't know. But the Jets have that hanging out there, and the Packers need to get this done. This I, I'd love to see this put behind us. One other thing. If you haven't seen it already, I will highly recommend yesterday. I don't know. I, I saw it yesterday. I don't know if that's when it came out. But yesterday, um, there was a video, Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, of course, who played for the Eagles. Jason does a podcast, and he did this thing where he, he was interviewing his brother, and he made Travis Kelsey, there was a picture from the owners' meetings of all the coaches together. And he made him, he couldn't, Travis Kelsey doesn't know the names. He's like, I'm not going to know the names of the co other coaches, which I thought was funny. And he's like, but I'll know the teams based on the picture. And he, there was half the guys he didn't know. And he says some of the funniest stuff. You have to watch this two minute video. It's all over Twitter, but you got to watch it. It's hilarious. Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the bullpen with Adam, the bull part of the bet rivers network. Thanks to Brian Monzo as always, everybody have a great weekend. Be safe out there. Have fun. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the final four. Enjoy the NBA, whatever. A uh, lot to get to next week. Big Cleveland show on Monday season, getting into full gear. We'll have the championship game in the, in the NCAA tournament on Monday. So a lot more to do on Monday. We'll talk to you then where else, but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.